All right, thank you guys. Take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in the 92nd Psalm this morning as we get started. You see our subject there this morning is church. It's pretty convenient because here you are, amen. Church, you know, for some of you, if you apply what we're going to talk about this morning to your life, it'll change your life. You'll be able to look back years from now and say that was the day where everything took a turn. But, you know, if you, if you don't listen to it and you kind of brush it off, maybe like maybe you've brushed it off before, years from now, things may look very, very different. You know, I talked to a lady recently. Scott, can you grab this microphone for me, big guy? I will not, that will drive me crazy. Thank you. No, you're all right. It's Sunday. Amen. I met this lady not too long, uh, long ago and uh, talking to her. She knew who I was from Grace Baptist Church. You're Marcus. You're the pastor at Grace Baptist Church. You know, she'd seen some of our videos and things on Facebook and all of that. And, uh, and uh, I asked her where she went to church. And she told me where she went to church. And I knew some people there. And so I started, hey, is so-and-so still there? Or how are they doing? And it was kind of obvious she was drawing a little bit of a blank. You know what I'm talking about? A little bit of a blank. And, uh, and then so eventually after we talked uh, for just a moment, she kind of confessed that she hadn't been to church in a few years or a couple of years. I can't remember. She said, I hadn't been, I hadn't been there in a few years. And then, and then as we continued to talk, there was a little bit more confession. I call it that preacher guilt gets people sometimes. And so a little bit more confession. And she said that, well, actually, when I, you know, really when we went before, uh, we weren't really that regular or anything. But when I go to church, that's where I go. When I go to church, that's where I go. I want to tell you this this morning. God's highest, highest calling for you as a follower of Christ isn't for you to go to church, go to a building. God's will for your life is to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ himself, not to go to church sometimes or have a place that you call the church where you go when you go. Right? To be rooted and to be a light in the world. So where does this language come from? We're going to be talking about being planted, being rooted in the church. I'm going to be in Psalm 92, and I'm going to start in verse number 12. Psalm 92, verse 12, it says this. It says, the righteous shall what? Flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Is everybody flourishing this morning? Here, say that verse with me on the count of three. One, two, three. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Right? You're going to flourish. What does that word flourish mean? We don't use it all the time. Right? I don't use that word flourishing all the time. It's not, I don't go to the gym and some guy's lifting weights. Right? And I'm like, man, you got some flourishing gains there. You're really flourishing or Meet some man that's over the age of 50 that has a head full of hair and go, man, your hair is flourishing, brother. Not just, it's just not what happens. It's not a word we use often, but it's the perfect word right here in this verse for what God wants us to learn. It means thriving, growing, prospering, to be a blessing. It means to have spiritual growth. And the psalmist compares it here to a palm tree and to a cedar. Now, cedar trees are known for their durability and they smell good. Does everybody smell good this morning? Well, your neighbor knows if you do or not. 
But a cedar is known for their durability, for their strength, for the pleasant look, right? They're pleasant to look at. And then also they're designed to last. As a matter of fact, Solomon built his temple. A lot of it was made out of uh, uh, cedar when he built God's temple. The columns, the posts, the beams, uh, and the roof were all made out of cedar because cedar is durable. It will last. And this temple was supposed to last for centuries. So like a flourishing cedar, durable, strong, and lasting. And then that verse says, he shall grow like a cedar, but also flourish like a palm tree. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but the palm leaf of a palm tree is the sign. It's a symbol for victory, for triumph. In the Corinthian Olympics in Corinth, whenever the winner would win, the gold medal was a palm leaf. That's what they'd give the winner. The guy that came into first place would get a palm branch. That was their gold medal. When Jesus rode in on the donkey, his triumphal entrance into Jerusalem, what did they lay down? Palm branches, and they waved them at him. The righteous will flourish. That means I'm growing, I'm strong, I'm stable, I'm pleasing to be around. Are you growing strong, stable, and pleasing to be around this morning? If not, you ain't flourishing, as we say in West Tennessee. Verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. It doesn't say those who attend church. It doesn't say those who go to that church when I go somewhere. It doesn't say that. It's those who are planted, planted. Now look at verse 14. It says, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. All of our older saints here, are you still bearing fruit in your old age? Hush. (laughs) The one time you answer, (laughs) I don't want an answer. When I need an answer, you don't say anything. I'm like, can I get an amen? You're like, "Mm mm-mm. But that's actually, honestly, that's really encouraging to me. There's no expiration date on being a saint. There's no expiration date on being a saint and bearing fruit from God uh, and, and God blessing us. It's encouraging. Look at verse 15. I mean, there's, again, there's no expiration date. But some of us are living like sour milk. Amen. You know, you know it if you are. Verse 15, to declare why, why, why? To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. Can you say that this morning? That the Lord is upright. He is your rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Is that what your life says? Is that the testimony of your life? Or do you go to church? Flourishing, blessed, making a difference, fulfilled, flourishing, Many of you, your face does not say that you're flourishing here at 8 o'clock in the morning. I get it. It's early. You should have seen me when I rolled out of bed this morning. I look like somebody punched me in both my eyes. Puffy. Amen? Okay, okay. Listen, if we were to ask you to take a spiritual assessment this morning of your life, are you planted in the church? Are you flourishing? Or would you say, I'm not flourishing. I'm kind of spiritually dry. There's, I'm not really flourishing. I'm not really growing. Or instead of saying that you're fulfilled and you're making a difference and full of joy. So many people would say they're searching, they're reaching, they're groping for meaning and to find something that's missing in their life to give their life direction. When I go to church, that's where I go. We need to recognize that your spiritual life this morning is a seed. Now, why do I say that a seed has potential? 
So no matter where you're at in your spiritual life this morning, if you know Christ Jesus, your life, that spiritual seed has potential to grow, to thrive, to multiply, to produce fruit, even in a ripe old age, to be a blessing to others. But a seed that's not planted isn't going to grow, isn't going to thrive, isn't going to multiply, isn't going to produce fruit. A seed that isn't planted is just going to look around at other people and never looking at themselves. Let me give you a couple of principles. Write this down. Your spiritual life can only grow if it's planted in good soil. Your spiritual life can only grow if it's planted in good soil. It has to be good soil. Who flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of God. Matter of fact, Jesus, now this isn't in your notes or on the slides, but Jesus told a story, well, a parable in Matthew 13 about the, the farmer who went out to sow some seed. All right? He threw some seed and it fell on the hard ground. Some of you this morning, you may be hard ground. Right? And since that seed couldn't take root, birds came along and stole that seed. The seed never reached its potential. So many saints never reached their potential. Some seeds fall on shallow soil, right? The roots never grow deep. They never go very far. So when the sun comes out and the heat comes on, they wither up, they die, they go away. Now, some started to grow, but then the thorns and the other plants choked it out, that little emerging plant. And Jesus said that was the worries and the concerns of life. You know the metaphor, right? I mean, to thrive spiritually, you start to thrive. You start to, let's use that word, flourish. But then the worries, the concerns, the bills, the struggles, what she's wearing and what he said and where we're going and what we're doing, all these things choke it out. But a seed that falls on good soil is going to bear good fruit. Jesus said that this seed multiplies itself 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. That one seed becomes a massive blessing for everyone around it because it was planted in good soil. So who flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of God. That's where I go to church when I go. A seed can only grow if it's planted. Write this down. Attending church doesn't equal being planted. Oh, we've got attenders all over the country. Attending church isn't the same thing as being planted. How can you tell the difference between being planted and that's where I go? How can you tell the difference? Well, I can, well did you or somebody in your house say this last night? Look at the next slide. Are we going to church tomorrow? Planted. Attending. People who are planted no longer have to ask that question. People that are attending still have to. Now, let me cut you some slack here because sometimes things come up and life happens. But the real important, it's not even the question. It's how the question is asked. Many times that question is asked in such a casual way. It's just like anything else. Hey, are, are we going out to eat Friday night? Hey, do we, got time, do we have time to stop and get some gas on the way home? Hey, are we going to be able to stop at Walmart when we come home from Mama's house? Hey, uh, Saturday night, are we going to the movies? Oh, hey, Sunday, are we going to church? It's as if going to church, because that's where I go when I go. It's as if going to church is on the same level as stopping at Walmart, getting some gas, going to the movies, or going out to eat. Same level of, of importance. Are we going to church tomorrow? You know, I'm busy and I'm tired and, and we had the games and you don't really, you know, the, one, the kids don't want to go, so maybe we should just skip and I need some me time. 
Church isn't a destination to attend. It's who you are, man. Who you are. We don't, ask, we don't ask ourselves if we're going to church. It's not negotiable. In my family, now, I know you think it's easy because now we're, I'm a preacher and I got to be here, right? I got news for you. I ain't got to be here, right? People were paying me money way before I ever got into the ministry, and I think they would again. Amen? I don't have to be here. You don't have to be here. But when we were planted, way before we surrendered to the ministry, when we were planted we made a decision as for me and my house we were served the lord and that man was going to be there sunday morning sunday night and wednesday night we did not to brag or anything like that my children never grew up asking the question are we going to church tomorrow the only question my kids ask now is do i have to go to the early service <laughs> that's it the only question why but why is that because we were planted, man. We were rooted. We don't ask our children, hey, kids, you want to skip eating today? Hey, kids, do you, you, do you want to take a bath? You don't feel like taking a bath? We won't take a bath. So many families, though, hey, the kids don't feel like going to church. Let's not go. Even the Greek word, look at this next slide, ekklesia, ekklesia. Even that word, we know it means a, a, a gathering or an assembly. Right? In other words, if you're watching right now on the internet, we're so glad and grateful that you're here with us, that you're watching on Facebook, and that you're watching this later. And we hope for everyone watching that it'll be a blessing, right? That's why we do it. That's why we invested in it. We want to see people get saved, whether they're physically here or at home. We want God to bless people unless they're physically here or at home or somewhere else. That's why we do it. But when you're at home, you're not part of the ecclesia, the gathering the assembly, right? We want it to be a blessing, but watching preachers on the internet is not the same thing as being planted, as being rooted. That word ekklesia, the ek means out. Ekklesia uh, comes from the word, the Greek word kaleo. Kaleo means called. What it means is ekklesia, the called out ones, not the stay in ones. It literally means to be called out. And again, we're grateful. We've got people that watch us online every Sunday faithfully. And we're grateful for every single one of them. But our hope is that they're going to get planted, rooted in the house of God. We gather together to be unified, to honor and worship God, to, to, to uh, corporately hear the word of God. We gather together to use our gifts. But as we're strengthened, the called out ones then go out. When you're truly rooted in the church, you're not simply spiritual consumers. You realize that church exists to glorify God and to reach the world. Now, do you know whether or not you're a spiritual consumer this morning? All right, let me give you a sign. Here's a tip. Here's a hint. This is absolutely free and not even in my notes, okay? It's not even part of my sermon. I think you need to know this. Spiritual consumer. Here's how you know if you're a spiritual consumer or not. If you leave this place and complain. What I'm, give it a grade. If you leave here and you give the preaching a gray, well, the preacher's pretty good. And he's off, you know, he's bald head and he's awful full of himself up there. Right? <laughs> didn't like the temperature, didn't like the color of the paint on the walls, didn't like the color of the carpet. That's a spiritual consumer. Okay? There's a difference when you're planted, when you're rooted, when you are flourishing, and the color on the wall and the color of the carpet no longer matters. God, the glory of God is the only thing that matters. Not, not that you all of a sudden you don't have an opinion, but have you noticed some people only have negative opinions? 
Listen, if you, uh, the only opinion you ever have is negative, eventually your opinion just doesn't matter anymore because we know what it is. It's always going to be negative. Does that give God glory? Does that honor God? Does that mean that you're rooted and planted? No, it means you're one of those weeds that Jesus talked about in Matthew 13 that's choking out the spiritual life of others who are trying to come up. Look at this next slide. That was for somebody. There's a big difference between attending church and being part of a global movement and mission. Big difference. When you recognize that you're rooted in the local church and that that local church is part of other churches all over the world and that you're part of a global mission and movement of God to advance his kingdom all over the world. Man, that's a different kind of purpose than, well, that's where I go when I go. When I go. So often what I see now, this is just me. Okay, I put this in my notes so I wouldn't forget it. People I know, people I grew up with, people that I've been friends with. When I've had people in my life that I've watched attend church, but they never really take on the mission of the church. They never really own the mission of the church. They kind of watch worship. They don't really participate. There's no real giving, no real serving, no real emotion, right? They just kind of go. They just kind of attend. It's just kind of on their list. They go to church. That's where they go when they go. When you find them a couple of years later, it's usually not in church. It's usually not in church, maybe for Easter. And you look at their life many times. Again, people that I know, their marriage is suffering. Their kids are on drugs. Maybe they're on drugs. They don't like their job. They're unhappy in their relationships. They're unhappy in life. They're unstable in every way, have a critical spirit, and always surrounded by drama. People I know. Now, they may be saved. I don't know. But I tell you what, they're not flourishing. They're not flourishing. And you could be sitting here right now. You could be have perfect attendance at Grace Baptist Church. That doesn't mean you're flourishing. You have to be planted and rooted. But then I've seen other people who come to church. Again, people that I know. Instead of being at that church or at this church, instead of just attending, they dig roots. People are praying for them. They're praying for other people. They recognize that God has given them gifts, and they've determined to use those gifts in the local body of Christ. And it's because they've realized, write this down, that church is never a destination to attend. It's an identity to embrace. It's not somewhere we go, well, I go to grace when I go. No, it's an identity. It's who I am. I'm a churchman, and I'm not ashamed of it. It may be harder to say it in 2019 than ever. I'm a churchman. And like, again, what I said a moment ago, it wouldn't matter. And the ministry could go away tomorrow. I'm still going to find a place to worship and to serve and to be part of the global movement of God to reach this world for Jesus Christ. I'm a churchman. I believe in the church. Why? Because Jesus died for it. Church isn't a destination to attend. It's an identity we embrace. Life's not perfect. I'm rooted. I'm planted Life's not perfect. Things are hard. But when the storm comes, the tree can stand because the roots are deep. Write that down. Number one, we need deep roots. Deep roots. Now look in your notes at Jeremiah 17 and verse number eight. It says, for he shall be like a tree planted. Say planted. By the waters which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes and will not be anxious in the year of drought. Listen, some of you right now, you've got heat in your life, maybe spiritual heat, maybe some trials. Maybe you're going through a spiritual drought. 
When you have roots that run deep, you can stand during those times. Look at this next slide. You've heard about these, the redwood trees. Aren't they amazing? Has anybody ever seen the redwood trees in person? That's incredible. The redwood trees can grow up to 30 stories high. They grow bigger than any other living thing on the planet. 30 stories high. How do they do that? Because of their roots, right? Their roots go deep. But not only do their roots go deep, they also go wide. See, many Christians, they learn a whole lot about the Bible. Oh, this is good. You're going to like this. They learn a whole lot about the Bible. Those roots go deep, but they never love people. So they never go wide. They go deep. They can quote a Bible verse for everything the preacher does wrong, but the roots don't go wide because they don't love anybody. I told Amber the other day, I said, Amber, people are the thing. And she's like, what? Because we're just driving along. You can't get in trouble without, with daddy without getting a lecture. And she's like, what? I said, Amber, baby, people are the thing. People are what matters, man. It's people. God put us here for people. God put us here for each other. God made the church for people. Raise your hands. People ever get on your nerves? Ooh, I ain't even got a lot. People, all the good things in life come from people. All the meaningful, yeah, some of the bad stuff does too, doesn't it? But people are the point of the whole things. And so these redwood trees, they grow roots that are deep, but they go wide. And the next redwood tree next to it, all their roots are intertangled way below the surface. You don't see it, but it's happening. And their roots are, roots are intertwined and they're intermingled and they go deep and they're all connected and they're all holding each other up. That's why we need the body of Christ. That's why we need each other. Because this week, you're going to face opposition. The trials are going to come. The heat's going to come. The hard times are going to come. The schedule is going to come, whether you're ready for that schedule or not. You're going to interact with a crazy person this week. And if you don't, just take one or two or three or mine. Amen? It's going to happen. You're going to face some kind of opposition. And if you face it alone, man, you're easy prey for the devil. A redwood tree can never stand 30 stories high all by itself. But when those, when those roots go deep and they go wide and they're interconnected, that how it's, the devil doesn't mind if you come to grace when you go. The devil doesn't mind. The devil doesn't mind if you go to church. But your spiritual enemy wants you to be isolated and vulnerable. You need the family of God. Man, I need you and you need me, whether you like it or not, Scott. Number two, write this down. Deep roots produce, how do I know if I'm deep? Deep roots produce fruit. They grow deep. Jeremiah 17, verse 8 says, And will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. When you've got deep roots, you produce fruit. Now, what is fruit? Now, the Apostle Paul, I don't have this in your notes for you either, but in the book of Galatians, he defined for us what the fruit of the Spirit was. And he said, these are what are available for the believer. It's not your own natural fruit. It's fruit that God gives his children. And when we're connected to that spiritual vine, Christ Jesus, he's going to produce spiritual fruit. Paul said there'd be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Is that your life? Is your life defined as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Or is it defined by what you don't like and what you hate and how grouchy you are and all and never peace and, and you're impatient and everybody knows that and they just learn how to deal with it. I can't stand to wait. Kindness and goodness and gentleness. 
faithfulness, self-control. When you're planted, when the difficulty times come, and they're going to come, and even though you may stumble, even though you may fall, there's still going to be love. There's still going to be joy and kindness through it all because you're rooted in something other than yourself. And you start living like that, you're never going to want to go back. When you start praying for somebody and caring about people, giving to people, making a difference, being a voice of encouragement, and coming and serving in some way. And guys, you can serve wrong. There's a lot of people in churches all over the land. They serve in their churches. They do it the wrong way. Have you ever, uh, when we go on vacation, we go to church or something. Have you ever went to a church and realized they had the wrong person greeting? Y'all don't get around as much as I do, evidently. You walk in, and it's the chairman of the lemon sucking committee handing out bulletins. Amen. And you're just like, well, this is a good start right here. You can serve the wrong way. Listen, I'm only here today because a man that could find better things to do with his time instead volunteered to drive that church bus at Grace Baptist Church on Highway 70 Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night to go pick up a bunch of dirty little kids from the trailer park. That's the only reason why I'm here. If you like it, you can thank them. If you don't like it, you can blame them. Amen? Listen, kids that didn't have anything to offer, kids that did nothing but take up space, that didn't contribute, kids that didn't put anything in the offering to help with the budget, there were only a drain on the offering, a drain on the budget. But because he had deep roots and he was planted and he was serving, I got saved. You find out the joy. Listen, one of my favorite things, I put this in my notes, uh, back in October, um, Men's Sunday school class, they did like pastor appreciation thing. You see them in the hallway, they're still up there. I just, you know, I know they're going to come down eventually, but I just like them. And the kids drew pictures. You got to look. Okay, if you haven't seen them, make sure you go look because it's pretty funny. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of them drew pictures and like, and so kids wrote different things. And I love every one of them. One kid wrote, Thank you for growing a beard. <laughs> I kind of think that has to do with what's underneath. You know, and little things like that. But one little girl, she wrote this. is is one of my favorites. One of the first ones that I read, and it said this: "Brother Marcus, thank you for making church fun." And the reason why that's important to me is because I want our church to be a church where kids aren't sitting around saying, "I don't want to go to church today," where they're looking forward to going to church. And it's not Brother Marcus that makes church fun. We got the best children's workers and student ministers. We just we got wonderful people here at Grace. But thank you for making church. Fine. Listen, if you're not rooted, if you're not planted, nobody's ever going to say that about you. It's not going to be fun. When you've got deep roots, you're connected to the vine, and that vine's going to produce spiritual fruit in your life. It's going to show when you're praying for somebody, you're praying for somebody, and then one day they walk the aisle, shake a hand, and say, I just got saved. I want to be baptized. Answered prayer. You don't have answered prayer like that when you're not praying, when you're not rooted. You realize that with deep roots, God can use you, man. That you're not just saved from your sin. You're saved for the glory of God. You're not just saved for your, to save you from your sin, yes. But also you're saved for God's glory. It's time. He wants you to do it in the church. If you're a follower, it's time to get those roots deep. Do you really think you can fight off the temptation of the devil week in, week out, all by yourself? No, you're vulnerable. You really think you can fight off the temptation of the devil going to church once a month? No, you're vulnerable. Do you really think that you can spend more money on coffee any given week than you give to the work and the ministry of the Lord and call yourself a disciple of Jesus? You're fooling yourself. 
Do you really think that you can spend more time on Instagram in one day than you do with God's people all week and call yourself a disciple of Christ? You're not. You're a disciple of Instagram or something else, but you're not a disciple of Christ. Be planted. And again, I'm gonna, let me just say this. And if Grace Baptist Church isn't the place for you, you come find me afterwards. And I'll re- No, I'm kidding. I will recommend a church for you. If this isn't the place where you can get rooted, there's a lot of wonderful churches in West Tennessee. And I know a lot of great men of God. And I can point you in a direction that where you, maybe you'll be able to get rooted. But be planted. To be planted, not just attending, not where I go, but to be planted in God's house is his will for your life. Do you need to go deeper and be planted? Let me ask you a question. How are you doing? Are you flourishing spiritually any other way? Really? Are you flourishing? Man. Life's not perfect, but are your roots deep and God's good and you've got that joy in your heart? Or do you need to go deeper? It's time, man. Redwood trees don't grow to 30 stories in one day. And you are not going to be everything that God wants you to be come to church one day. But if you get rooted and get planted and start today, someday you'll look back on your life and you can say, that was the day. That was the day. Let's pray. Father God, we just pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you'll move hearts, Father, that you'll help us to see who we are, to take off the the veil and stop pretending. God, that you'll give us a desire to truly be a part of your global mission in the world. Lord, that you'll help us to be a part of the big C, capital C church, making a difference in the world from right here. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. As you keep praying for just a moment. Those of you this morning, you know that you're saved. You know that you're a follower of Christ. But let's be honest, you're not planted. You're not rooted. Or maybe in your heart, you're like, I don't know. I I listened to this sermon. I read the verses. I read the scripture. I'm not sure. Let me be honest with you. When you're rooted, when you're planted, you know it. So if you don't know this morning, it probably means that you're not. And so this morning, you say, you know what, Brother Marcus, I'm a Christian. Maybe I'm even, I'm a member of Grace Baptist Church, but I'm not, I'm not as connected as I want to be. I want to be rooted. I want to be planted. I want to love the church that Christ died for. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. Is that your prayer? Raise your hand this morning so I can pray with all of us, all over the sanctuary. God bless you. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray that you would just convict hearts and move us. God, to truly give us a desire to be a part of your church. Not just attending. Not just grading and giving a score. Not being spiritual consumers. What's in it for me? But God, truly planted and rooted in your church that you died for. Lord, that we as a people will just lift up the name of Jesus so people can find healing and freedom. Father, help us to use those things that you have given us, the gifts, to make a difference in the world. Lord, I just pray that you would help people be planted in a way where they could flourish and have all the blessings that you have for them bestowed upon their life. God, that we as your people will glorify you in everything, everything. 
Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. Be respectful of those around you for just a moment. There are those of you this morning, you don't truly recognize whether or not you're a believer or not. You don't know that you're saved. You don't know for sure that you're a Christian. Just like going to church doesn't equal to being planted, going to church doesn't equal Christian either. You can grow up in the church. You can believe in the existence of God. You can be a member of Grace Baptist Church and not be a follower of Christ. I mean, who is Jesus? He's the sinless, perfect Lamb of God. He came, lived that perfect life that we couldn't live. He died that death that we couldn't die. He died for our sins. And three days later, look up for just a second. Three days later, he went to the cross and died. That seed of his life went into the ground. And three days later, that seed bore fruit and he was resurrected. And even now he's ascended and at the right hand of the Father. And you have to trust him. It's the irony. irony it just, it's not even irony. That it's sad to think about people who don't know that they're saved will come to a church and sing the name of the very one who is going to judge them in righteousness and truth. If you don't have Jesus this morning, you need Jesus. You need to be forgiven of your sins. You need to trust Christ. Not just saved from your sins, but saved for the glory of God. There's a big difference. And some of you recognize now is the time. You need Christ. You need forgiveness. Guys, when is the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time right now? When's the best time to get saved? 20 years ago. When's the second best time right now? Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's your prayer right now. You don't know that you're saved. You want to know that you know that you know. Be respectful of your neighbors. No looking around. Pray for those around you. But right now in this moment, you want to know that you're saved. You want to know that you have Christ. The Bible says in John 6, 47, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Do you have that this morning? Do you have everlasting life? Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. And right now, if you would like to pray and receive Christ in your seat, I won't call you out. You know that. I won't single you out. I just want to pray with you and rejoice with you. Right there in your seat, if you'd like to pray to receive Jesus Christ, why don't you slip your hand up for just a second? And you could pray a prayer like this. Right there in your seat. Pray right there. Father God, I'm a sinner. Just be honest with God. Lord, I'm a sinner. But I repent. Lord, I turn from my sin. I don't want my sin. I want Jesus. Give me Jesus. And tell him, say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection. All of me, I surrender to all of Christ. I'm trusting Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Listen, you pray that prayer this morning. You just got saved. He just redeemed you. He's given you a new heart. That He's given you the Holy Spirit to live in your heart as a guarantee of the salvation that you have. I want to encourage you to make that decision public. And one of the ways you make that public is come to be baptized. Are you here this morning and you need to be biblically baptized as a believer? Maybe you know in your heart that your baptism is on the wrong side of your salvation. You got baptized, but sometime later in your life, you truly gave your heart to Christ. And now God is speaking to you about getting that right. Why don't you come this morning? We'll rejoice with you. We'll schedule that time for you. Maybe in all this talk about being rooted and planted, you realize that God wants you to become an official member here at Grace Baptist Church. I'm going to be honest with you. That's not what the sermon was about this morning. But if that's what God is calling you to do, you need to do it. To be rooted and planted. We say it here all the time. To grow roots deep right here at Grace. To put on their jersey. To be part of the team. To serve right here. 
What is God telling you during this time of invitation? Maybe you have some other prayer need. The altar will be open. Maybe there's somebody that you need to be praying for. Maybe this morning you need to continue in prayer and say, God, help me to be rooted and planted in such a way that I'll flourish for your glory. Father God, we surrender this invitation to you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.